It's like this little dirty little bass line. I don't fucking care. Can we move on to a new segment, please? Welcome to Just Two Fans, a sports show about sports. Obviously. About life. Because sports are life. And about just whatever the hell we feel like talking about. So, uh, let's go. What is up, everybody? What is a happening, kiddos? I'm Jamie Friedlander. That's Eli Johnson. That is me, my friend and listener. We got a normal episode-ish coming up. Ish. With a few. There's a a lot of weird shit happening in sports this week. A lot of weird shit happening in sports this week. We're going to be introducing a new segment later. We will get to that. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to wait to figure out what it is, my friends. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We are. Um, so before we get to that, um, I think I have a new favorite food. Oh yeah, is it used red to be vines? buffalo wings? <laughs> it's not red vines. We're not, we're not we're not talking red vines Twizzlers. Uh, we we all know where we stand on that debate. <laughs> um, it is actually an Indian food dish called butter chicken. Don't know if you've had it. It's fucking incredible. I have not, but it's gonna be hard to beat buffalo wings. For sure, it, it is. But like, I, like I've had, t- I, I had tikka masala before. I had like a bunch of Indian food before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, I, I just was like, I'm gonna take a chance on this on this popular dish on DoorDash. And it's buttered chicken. Holy fucking shit! <laughs> it is I'll have so to check good, it out. dude. You'll have to check it out. It's creamy. It's like tomatoey. It's Oh, dude, it's it, it's curry. Oh my god, it's so fucking good, dude. I literally, so I've been I've been I've been I've been trying to get back on the train of cooking because I I I was uh, I had two weeks off because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Off, I was two weeks of work from home, um, and so I was ordering DoorDash a lot in that amount of time. Yeah. And uh, so I'm trying to get back into cooking and cooking my own food. I went out and bought four cans of the not, not cans jars of like this nice butter chicken sauce so i can put it and i can i and i bought chicken literally just to make this nice it's incredible do it also like cook at home doordash is expensive guys yeah 100 <laughs> very well, expensive I, yeah well it's not like you can you know that from your house i do we doordash, you have DoorDash comes, at your house i do no it's, fucking way yeah and uh, you live out in the boondocks there's no i way. know i do but it, it's it got to com- be like twice, twice as much coming it, to your house. I, it certainly fucking feels like it every time I order it. <laughs> Just like a punch to the wallet every time. <laughs> I would like one Chipotle burrito. That'll be $35, please. Dude, yeah. Um, I mean, I wish you were exaggerating. <laughs> I'm not really. But um, if we are desperate and absolutely just don't want to eat any of the food that we already purchased that week, which happens way too often... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It does come in handy, especially with kids. I made beef stew last night. Nice. It was okay. It wasn't <laughs> anything special. I don't know why I brought it up for this podcast. Let's get into sports. Sports. Like you said, f- crazy, weird fucking week. 
Just yeah. like out of nowhere. We've had like fairly mundane sports weeks for the last yeah, while. Pretty standard. Not, mm-hmm. you know, you got your weird random stories. There was some crazy shit going on this week. So we're going to bring back an oldie but a goodie. Haven't done this segment in a minute. I think it's been two weeks. <laughs> two oh, no. Weeks, we no, no. Off. We have, no. There's Podium? no way that's accurate. There's no way. I'm going to go back. The last podium that we have is episode 40, which was six episodes ago. Really? Yep. So, spoiler alert, Eli, we're doing podium. I mean, it's not, we start the show almost, well, we, I guess we don't anymore. (laughs) So, uh, you know, here we are. Here we are. I don't know how to, I don't don't even know how to order this. So I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. Bronze medal position. I don't know if any of you saw this over the weekend. Former NFL quarterback, ESPN analyst, Trent Dilfer is now a high school football coach. And he went viral over the weekend for shoving a high school football player and screaming at him to sit down on the bench. And the kid was clearly being very defiant. But this, obviously, in 2021, as everything does, caused quite the uproar on the interwebs. Yeah. What, so what are your this, thoughts about this? This this may be a fairly controversial opinion. Um, I believe that is completely acceptable within the realms of coaching. Football. Uh, yes, coaching football. Like he, when like people are like I would never let somebody put their hands on my kids. I was like he grabs his shoulder pads, like and like and starts pushing him towards the bench. Like there's nothing. I to me like. I've been screamed at by coaches before. Like I've had, I've had that happen to me and I, there was no like traumatizing effects to it. Like I, I don't know. Like, yeah. It's maybe, not like he was up there just wailing on the kid. Yeah. He didn't like punch the kid or like, act, like it wasn't even a, there was no aggressive shoving really. Even he got up in his face for sure. But like, which coaches do all the fucking time. You know, and, and, and this may be just be like, I'm an old man, like old craggy man, like get off my lawn moment. But it's like, you kind of need that sometimes as a kid. Oh, and, uh, you know, what we don't see in the video that went viral, as in most viral videos, you don't see what led up to that. But it was pretty clear to me that this kid was being defiant. He, yeah, yeah, he yeah. threw his helmet at one point. He refused to sit on the bench until... Trent Dilfer got literally up in his grill and made him sit down. And so no clue what happened up to this point. But at no point when I initially watched that video before seeing any reactions, was I like, that was too much. It, me, I Like I said, I think that was completely within the realms of coaching football, like acceptable. It's, right? That's like, what if, happened. If it was like, if it was baseball, like, and he put his hands on him like that, might be a little different because there's no padding, like, you know. But it's like, not a physical sport. Yeah, yeah, but like, I, I mean, I like, how many times? I how many times? T- like, why? Like, why are people mad about this? Yeah, well, and I knew as soon as I saw it, as soon as I saw it on the internet, I was like, this is going to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it was. Fucking wild, ridiculous. I mean, how many times in movies and shit do you see coaches grabbing a player by the face mask and yanking him down and screaming at him? That's not just made up in the mo- Like, that fucking happens all the time. 
Yeah. Does it happen from a former NFL player all the time? Probably not. There aren't a whole lot of former NFL players coaching high school football. But I'm sure Trent Dilfer had much worse happen to him in his day. That doesn't excuse bad behavior. I just don't think this was bad behavior. Here's the thing. So um, I played for a former NFL player uh, in high school. And he was an offensive lineman, and I played offensive line. Uh, we had a bad game one time as an offensive line. Well, we kind of had a lot of those. But um, <laughs> as a whole offensive line, we got pretty badly beat up. And, like, he gave us that tough love, and we became better after that. We did the worst day of practice I ever had in my life. He put the, the entire practice was the offensive lineman doing board drills and for those of you who are not versed in offensive line drills which is probably most people who listen to our (laughs) podcast it's where they put a literal like like two by one on the ground and you have to keep your feet on the outside of it and it's the first one to fall over loses and (laughs) what he did is he had us rotating so you, you try to push the other person off the back of it or somebody has to pancake them right um put them on their back and the person who lost had to stay on the board. And so when you got tired, we did it for three hours straight. It was the most exhausted I was throwing. Like, I mean, it was bad. It was, and like, but you know what? I became a lot better offensive lineman after that. Yeah. I became a lot more mentally tough after that. Uh, football is a sport that you cannot patty cake around as a coach. Some people who, especially people who didn't play football, are not going to get that. That's true. Like, like I don't think I don't think people understand like how much uh, like mental toughness you need to withstand like the kind of the brutality of that sport, right? Because like especially like for for offensive linemen like myself, like you're hitting somebody every fucking play. You wake yeah. up the next day feeling like you hit a truck, right? Um, and the mental toughness that it takes to be able to kind of withstand that beating is is something that is not innate. Right, like it's not innate to our human, so it has to be kind of drilled into you. And if you don't have that, like there was there was a kid on my team, for example, he was our running back and a linebacker. He was the most physically gifted kid on our team by far. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even close. He was big, strong, fast, and could play. Like he 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 had good instincts. Right, he was probably he should have been the best player on our team. He had zero mental toughness. He was awful. He got cleat. I I always tell the story, but uh, one time we got into the huddle, and he's crying in our huddle because a guy had cleated him, which is where like somebody like kind of steps on your leg with cleats. It hurts. To be fair, it hurts pretty bad. Um, and and as he was doing that, I was resetting my finger, <laughs> and and like I I was just like, all right, guys, next play, right? Like pop it back into place. There yeah. there is you you need to have that edge as a football player, and if. Like if it takes a coach being in my face yelling at me to kind of uh, to to hone that edge, like that's perfectly okay. You need that. Otherwise, you could get like if you don't have that, you can get hurt. Hundred because you don't go hundred percent. Like it's I I saw nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, you know, of course, all the Karens of the world and people that again, people that don't understand football and what it takes to play football mm-hmm. at even the high school level are not going to get this. Yeah. Well, and then there's, there's another aspect of this too, is like a lot of, 
a lot of kids who are athletes, if you ask 90% of athletes, like who are your biggest, who are the people who shaped who you are today? It's going to be like parents, maybe grandparents, depending on their situation and coaches, coaches make top three nearly every time. One of, one of my, one of my offensive line coaches retired just, just this year. And like, the post that he said of retirement had like 3000 fucking comments on it of people just being like, you shaped who I am as a person. You got me out of my rut. Like I was, I was definitely going to be going into drugs and alcohol. Like there's the coaches shape who kids are right. Whether, whether the parents like it or not, the coach is a massive influence yeah. on your children. And I, I, I think any athlete will agree with me on this. Yeah. And, um, if 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 you have that kind of influence on on children, you and you see them going down a wrong path, like being defiant to uh, an authority figure, you know, in in that position, like you know, you, you got to put them in their place, right? Like you're still fucking seventeen, kid. Like you're not big and tough. Yeah. Now <laughs> I say all this. There is a line. Absolutely. Right? Abso- I'm just saying this particular video did not cross. Whatever, wherever that line is. Well, I, we we had a we had an episode where there was like there was like a uh, the same kind of thing happened at like some peewee football, where it was like a you know an eight year old got like shoved to the ground by his coaches because they were all mad at him or whatever, and that's crossing a line. Right? Yeah, or a coach that puts up. There was another peewee football one where a coach puts up. It was basically best against smallest in the Oklahoma drill, essentially. Oh, that was horrifying. Fo- that's horrifying coaching. Right, way across the line, just absolutely irresponsible, terrible behavior as a coach. This there's, just wasn't that. Yeah, there's there's a difference between abusive and tough love. Yeah, and there and, it, it, there, and I, I don't want to say it's like a clear line, but like when you see the abusive aspect of it, you know. Right, yeah. and hundred percent. So, and I didn't see that here. This this was definitely a tough love moment of like you need to get your shit together. Right well, yeah, now. I mean, in his quote, he apologized today because that's apparently where we are. Um, you know, he said Bo is one of our fi- Bo. I guess is his name, Bo Dawson. Yeah, Bo is one of our finest student athletes and embodies all the characteristics we are looking for. Blah blah blah. During a moment of frustration and attempt to get our team to play more disciplined, I unfairly singled him out. So he apologized, but it was very clearly tough love. Yeah. So all, like that is what it was. I, I see nothing wrong with it. Me neither. Maybe it's a get off my lawn moment, but I see nothing wrong with it. Gen Z, if you're out there listening, tell us why us millennials are idiots on this, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Or man. don't. Act yeah, you know, don't do. Come at us on Twitter. Whatever. Just come at me, bro. Come at me. No, yeah, I a hundred percent will I will fight you on this. I think coaches need to give tough love sometimes. Yeah, and they'll do it in different ways. This just didn't cross the line in football. Yeah. Moving right along to the silver medal position, the highly coveted Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley fight took place Sunday night. And I don't know about you, but it was a lot more entertaining than I thought it was gonna be. Um, I, I liked the Serrano Mercado fight a lot. Um, so <laughs> there is, it, it maybe maybe as like, you know, with the reputation of boxing, I have 
some weird biases towards this. <laughs> Something feels fishy about the way the Pauls box these these big pay per views that they've had these last couple years, right? First, you got you got uh, the Ben Askren fight with Jake Paul, where Ben Askren almost clearly takes a fall, right? Walks out of the ring just fucking smiling ear to ear. I just got a big payday, and he only had to fight like for two minutes and didn't right. even train, you know it. And then you've got the the Logan Paul Mayweather fight, which was a fucking joke. Yeah, where, that one sucked. Yeah, uh, like, and then, uh, you know, where Logan Paul pretty clearly got knocked out, and then Floyd Mayweather held him up to not knock him out. Um, <laughs> and then and then you got this fight. And whereas it was a better fight, um, it, it very clearly showed me that if Jake Paul ever fought a trained boxer, uh, he would get his absolute shit rocked. Oh yeah, no, uh, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Jake Paul's a good fighter. That's not not what I'm. Yeah, saying. I, see, like I, I, yeah, I yeah. just I found myself more intrigued with this than I thought I was going to be. Was always going with that. I said it on Sunday when we were watching. If he faces any true boxer, he gets his fucking socks knocked off. And, and even the announcers were talking about that. They were saying like, you know, and, and this is why it was like it was like more frustrating for me than like, uh, you know, uh, exciting, I guess, because every time Jake Paul throws a fucking punch, both his hands drop just dead to the floor. <laughs> Any trained boxer that is apparently not Tyron Woodley is going to rip that person apart. And, and, and Tyron Woodley just didn't do it. Yeah. He, he he sat and played the passive game, and it lost him the fight. And it just he had, they, you're right. It is fishy. The more some, you say that, it is absolutely because even I who I don't watch boxing, I don't watch any of that. But I watching that fight was like just fucking knock him out. So so here's He's here's wide the fishiest open. part. Here okay. So Tyron Woodley was known for having knockout power when he was in the MMA. MMA is a different beast. I'll give you that. However, he knew how to fucking finish somebody off. He yeah. knows how to do that, right? In the fourth round of this match, he got Jake Paul cold, like uh, falling against the ropes, and he doesn't follow. That goes against the instinct of every fucking fighter in the world. Yeah, at any level. How do you not follow that up? He's literally falling against the ropes, and Tyron Woodley just lets him stand back up. Yeah, like that. At the very least, that should have been a standing eight count. Woodley should have won that. That would have probably won him the match because yeah. it would have been ruled as a knockdown. He would have gotten two more points. One judge scored it by two points. It, anyways, there's a whole there's a whole thing about it. I I just I I I'm at the point now where I'm like I don't know if I can watch these like celebrity boxing matches anymore because I, I they just feel rigged. Yeah, I'm with you. I just like, I was more into the actual fight than I. Th- and probably just because yeah, no, I wanted like, to see Jake it was, Paul it was fun get to watch, knocked the right? fuck out. Honestly. Well, and like, and, and here's the thing. Jake Paul, not a bad fighter. I'll give him that. He's not bad. Um, he's got definite weaknesses that any boxer who's trained as a boxer would be able to exploit. He's not bad. He's a, he's yeah. a, He would be a great amateur boxer. Yeah. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a mean fucking right overhand. Overhand right. Like, he's got a mean one. But outside of that, he's got nothing. And I, anyways... Yeah. Apparently, apparently he's retired now. 
So we don't have to deal with Yeah, he said, uh, yeah, Uh, it was, (laughs) it's pretty clear to me. This was all money grab. Uh, That was pretty clear from the get go. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm okay not seeing this for a while. Yeah, he says he wants to uh, fight Canelo Alvarez, and I want to see it. Uh, I want to see him get in the ring with either of these guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like the actual octagon? Yeah. Yes. Um, No, but like he wants to fight Canelo Alvarez, who's a boxer. And one of yeah, the yeah. best boxers we've seen in the last two decades. Um, and he would die. I, I want to see it. I'd love to see that fight because Canelo Alvarez will kill him. It would last five seconds. Yeah. And unless, it, unless it's rigged. Like, Which it probably you know, it, would be. It, 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 like the thing is, Jake Paul's got the money to rig it. Yeah. Like at the end of the day. 100%. So, <laughs> so that happened. Moving along. I hope, I honestly, Ooh. honest to God. I hope we never have to mention the Pauls on this podcast I do, I, ever I, again. I, okay, so I do want to mention one thing about this. I do give them credit because they are bringing boxing back. Oh yeah, boxing they're bringing attention to, to the sport lull. that it hasn't yes. that it um, hasn't been in a long time. Yeah, it, 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 boxing is in a spotlight that it hasn't been in since Tyson. Yeah, that's probably accurate. And, and the fight, the fighting is awful, right? Like neither of the Paul brothers are good fighters. I mean, excuse me, great fighters. Um, like again, they're going to get killed by any real boxer. Um, but like, it, the, the here's the thing the sport, though: like, the spotlight I, is there. I, I think you're right, but I don't think the people that tuned in for this are just going to tune into any boxing match. No, they're not. But, me, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, they're not, but it's it, it there. It is going to start bringing a little more heat to the sport. It could, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certain upsides. I just me personally, I hope we never mention the Paul brothers on this show ever again. From your lips to God's ears, my man. Let's let's hope. <laughs> All right, moving right along to quite possibly the strangest sports story I've heard in maybe ever. This is my favorite sports story of all time. There's going to be a 30 for 30 made on this, and I'm very excited for that. I don't know if it is because there's kind of egg on ESPN's face on this, so they may not want to go into why this Yeah, they're going to eat a lot of crow to make that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This may be a Netflix special. but um, So for those who don't know, high school football, just like pretty much any other sport, can be pretty corrupt and – shady at times as it were when it comes to recruiting and all this stuff what i have never heard of is it being shady when it comes to the teams that are actually on the field that all changed (laughs) last week when img sports academy which is a high school that is its sole purpose is to groom college athletes yeah and it's based in ohio um had a Nationally televised game on ESPN against Bishop Sycamore. 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 Bishop Sycamore. Bishop Sycamore. And um Bishop Sycamore is this is is, it's really hard to like. I don't know how to describe this. Because how do you how do you intro this? Like like Bishop Sycamore in short doesn't exist. But it does. 
But kind but of. it doesn't. The address. So one of my favorite parts about this. So they played Bishop Sycamore. Somebody Googled the address of Bishop Sycamore and then put it into Google Maps, and it's a duplex. Yeah, it's a house. Yeah, duplex <laughs> house. Um, the players on the team are, um, what what do they call them? JUCO transfers. They're and JUCO dropouts. transfers. It's basically a, it's a uh, gap school. Right. So players that didn't get recruited to college either didn't make it in JUCO or didn't even get recruited to JUCO that they can like. So these these players have all already played four years of high school. Right. This is not a high school. So basically what happened is they they pitched ESPN saying we should televise this game. Um, We have all these D1 recruits on our team, just like IMG. So it's going to be a great game. And so what happened is ESPN apparently did zero vetting, absolutely zero vetting. And uh, they went and they, they televised this game and it was like 58 nothing. And the announcers are even going like, we can't, ver-. like the announcers were starting to call out ESPN be like, these were not verified stats. Like this is clearly not the case. Like, and, and, and then the story. So basically that that's kind of how this all started is they're like, What's happening? Why is this team so bad? And then they started digging into it. And they're like, okay, so uh, they're bad. Um, turns out Bishop Sycamore is not really a school, right? Like it's, yeah. it's like it's just not real. And then they started looking at the players and realizing they had already played their high school years. And then they started looking at the coach who has an active arrest warrant. The yep. straight criminal. Well, and, and he's, I guess he has been fired now. The from what? Bishop, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. This how, is how the weirdest story. How can you fire from being the head coach of a school that doesn't really exist? But they play games. Like, they had played a game three days before they played IMG. I, so Legitimately, again, from what I understand, from what I understand, when they play these games, it's like they just got together, bought these uniforms, and practiced together. Like, this is not a real school. Like, it's just a bunch of guys who pretend this is a high school team. So They're they have other games scheduled, too. They have other so. Uh, I'm sure. I'm see. sure if they were able to grift ESPN, they've been able to grift other high schools. Yeah, I mean, uh, so they were supposed to play Dematha Dematha Catholic High School, and they just came out and said after doing a lot of research, which is you know just go on TikTok and discussing with our coach staff, we have canceled our game with Bishop Sycamore because they have ineligible players. And it would be a liability issue. Yeah, no shit. Um, this is one of the most. Uh, again, like I wish I could just portray how dumbfounded I am by this. In, yeah. In twenty twenty one, you can get duped into playing a not high school. <laughs> I just. I don't. It's, it, this is this is why it's like my favorite story is because the ESPN is the gold standard of broadcasting sports, right? Yeah, they've been the mothership for sixty years, and, and and they get they get grifted this hard. I, I just love that shit. I don't I don't know why. I think it's fucking hilarious. ESPN did just, no vetting. I don't know how they do that. I just it's astonishing. Yeah, this is not going to be a sixty for sixty because this looks as bad, if not worse, on ESPN than anybody else. Because IMG wanted this game. 
Yeah. I am like this is what IMG does. They just go play random schools. It's not like IMG is in a high school conference in Ohio. It is a sports organization essentially for high school yeah. football players. Where they where they also go to school for like two hours a day, right? Like okay. Just, so so I, I'm I'm on an article right now. Um, <laughs> Bishop Sycamore is not listed as a charter school in 2021-2022 by the Ohio Department of Education. Uh, it was listed as a non-chartered, non-tax-supported school last year by the Ohio Department of Education. So basically, it's nothing. Nothing. The school chose to be non-chartered due to truly held religious beliefs. Lordy. <laughs> so it's it, this is this is literally a school of fucking grifters with their goddamn bowler hats on, flipping a coin in the corner, and be like, "You want to play a game of football, boy?" Like <laughs> these guys are fucking pool sharks. Yeah, for high school no. football, this is insanity. Yeah, that's... This, this is insanity that we're having. It's twenty, like you said, it's twenty twenty one. We have the whole world at our fingertips right now. I could Google anything in the fucking world that I want to, and get an answer like that. And and ESPN didn't didn't even do a quick Google search of what the fuck Bishop Sycamore is. Yeah, that's it's astonishing. It, uh, fucking a dude, is, is ESPN <laughs> over there on like with, like just like chisels and tablets on stone? Oh, I or think you, uh, you know it's Sycamore. probably <laughs> classic. <laughs> it's classic. We're unbeatable syndrome. We don't need to research this. We'll just go televise it, and it'll get views, and we'll move on. This is a bonkers story. <laughs> I'm so insane. here for it. It is I'm insane. I'm so here for it. <laughs> insane. There's going to be a lot to come out of it. There's going to be documentaries. This is going to be something else. Oh, it could be an online-only charter school, but it's not a charter school. Totally. This is, I don't understand how this happened. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, either. It, the I, grift isn't even good. Like, like that's one, the fucked up it's, part. It's one thing. It's, it's awful enough for a high school to get grifted that bad to play a team that doesn't exist yeah right like that that is bad in its own right i think img has a role to play in this but um espn getting that just absolutely bonkers just full we we bamboozled. we are not good at research okay but we use google on a fucking regular basis <laughs> to just look up sports that's it. All we we just look up stories. We find articles. We read them. We tell you our shitty opinions about them, and then you listen. That that's what happens. If we were to go televise a sporting event and send employees to go cover it, we would do enough research to understand at least where the schools are. It just or if I, they exist. I I am officially going to nominate whoever's doing who's ever behind the scenes of Bishop Sycamore as the king of the grift, the bamboozle, the hoodwink, the <laughs> flim flam, the tomfoolery, the king. Crown him now because this man's a fucking genius. <laughs> or just really takes advantage of other people's stupidity. Because you know you know IMG pays these schools to come play them. Well they have a marketing department, right? So there there's our marketing there are marketing companies out there that pitch these things to ESPN. So not only did Bishop Sycamore 
bamboozle ESPN. They bamboozled the marketing department. Either that or they just convinced the marketing department to... I don't know, man. I don't know what went into this. <laughs> Again, I want to see the documentary okay. whenever it comes out. I want to give you this out. other quote here. Um, this is a, a claim made by Bishop Sycamore that before the pandemic, they rented out a space. Prior to COVID, the design of it is they go into the building, they have their computers, they sit down, they do their class. We have some adults that are there to monitor what they do. Jesus. That is the sketchiest fucking shit. I, it doesn't specify any curriculum, nothing. Just like, hey, we're kind of a school. You come in. It's like, it's like, it's like a, it's like a real loosey goosey version of homeschool, right? Like, it's worse than homeschool. It's organized it's homeschool. Fuck, dude. I don't. <laughs> this is this is abs- <laughs> They apparently they started a uh, GoFundMe to uh, seek $20,000 for their football team, um, and it made $140. <laughs> they wanted 20000 They got 140 Oh, my God. I don't know, man. I, we'll see what happens with this. It's just absolutely insanity. Absolute coach- insanity. Oh, no. Okay, never mind. I'd mess around. Uh, this, is, this is just fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I don't I'm I'm at a total loss for words. It it makes zero sense how this happens. No <laughs> sense at all. I just I don't I don't know. <laughs> this seems like a perfect segue into drinking beer. We I I could use a fucking beer right now. <laughs> so this is just it's literally the wildest sports. <laughs> I, we've gone over this. We'll we'll get into beer. Let's get into beer now. It is beer of the week. Bomb. One of these days, I'm actually gonna like make, and I'm gonna make it like a '90s theme, like you know, like yes, the step full by house step or, something. or fucking full house. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, dude. Seventh Heaven, some like theme like that. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that for our new segment. Maybe. Although although I have another idea for that that maybe I'll <laughs> talk about um when we when we introduce the segment. I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> so, anyways, this is beer of the week. Do you want to go first? I sh- I can go first. I think I know Yeah, I think I know what you're doing. Well, kind of. So, um I was very intrigued after your last five-star beer, mm-hmm. right? And your last five-star beer was Anderson's Valley's Briny uh, Melon. Briny Melon. So I went to the largest liquor store that I could find in Colorado and looked for Anderson Valley beer, and they did not have that one. Oh, that's so unfortunate. So I'm a little bummed because I really, really wanted to try it. However, I got one of their other beers, and this is the Cherry Goza. That's a solid one, too, too. Um, not I've, not the five, I, but I have not had a cherry goza before. So, without further ado, here's the ASMR. Oh, fizz! All right, here we go. Take a little sippy sip. Woo! Oh yeah, it kicks you in the mouth. Yes, sir. That got right right down the jaw. <laughs> yeah, it gets you good. Yeah, that gets you good. Um. Yep, I'm a Goza fan. 
as we have established on this show. Ooh, this yeah, is yeah, really yeah. good. Uh, it's, it's nice. You, I can't wait for you to try the briny melon, dude. It's so fucking good. Oh, that's really good. I I can't go five. No, I I I I think it's a solid beer. That cherry, the cherry one, it's not the five star. That the the briny melon is top tier. I'm gonna go four point five. That's really good. Ooh, I'm I'm a, yeah. I'm a big cherry fan to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I had high hopes with this, and this lived up to my high hopes. So I got to give it a high grade. Right. Hell yeah. Um. So going four point five. I think I had a four point seven five. I don't know. Oh, I, I think it was one track. of the Deschutes, one of the like I think the Squeezy yeah. Rider or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but this is way up there. I don't know how many of these I could have. Like in no. like yeah, it, yeah. this is a sipping beer and kicks you in the face. Ton of flavor. Very the briny, sour. The, so the briny melon is like a lot less intense than than the cherry. And so it's 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 more I want it, man. Just it's like, more sessionable. You can find it, send it to me. I don't know. I'll do um, I can get it right now. Well not because I'm on quarantine again, but I'm gonna try I'll I'll do some research and try to find it because now I really I wanna know. You gotta get it. You gotta get it. All right. So um I'm going with a classic today. Um and it's because I bought this to put in the beef stew that I made. Uh mm-hmm, aforementioned mm-hmm. beef stew. And I just totally forgot to put it in there because um, ADD. <laughs> Fuck me, right? Because um, I'm neurodivergent. Pew, pew, pew. And uh, here we go. This is the Guinness Extra Stout. Oh, your boy's got the Guinness Extra Stout. Nice. That was bad. That's not bad. So let's give it a little sippy. I haven't had a Guinness in a very long time. Me neither. And I'm a fan. Oh, it's just good. It's a it's good, solid so fucking good. stout. Um, oh, just it's like it's like gold standard in stout. The only the only thing is it's not on tap. It it it, it just the whole the experience of getting a Guinness on nitro tap that takes like five fucking minutes to pour. Yeah, is so much better. Yeah. However, this is a very good beer. I'm going to go 4.5 as well because I love myself a good Guinness. And the key is to lean into that dirt flavor, right? Just lean into it. Love the dirt flavors. Tastes like fucking Mother Earth. Yeah, I would probably put a Guinness right up there too. I haven't had one in a long time, so I may go grab one. got a big one too. Look at this fucker, dude. That is huge. Yeah. (laughs) It's a 22 ouncer. What's up? Um, But yes, solid, solid. Guess I'm getting drunk tonight. Whoops. So that is a perfect segue into college football because we have established that you cannot talk about college football without beer. It's 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 literally impossible. If you do that, you're a heathen. You're a hill person. Go go live in the Smoky Mountains on your own and yeah. don't watch college football. You <laughs> heathen. If you're talking college football, you must crack a beer. It is law. Rule that numero is, uno. It is law. Um, So we're going to start. We've talked about this topic in the past. Ohio State incoming quarterback Quinn Ewers is now a part of the 2021 class because he he, um, skipped his senior year of high school. He graduated early, and he is now enrolled at Ohio State in like this month. So 
He's officially part of this class instead of next year's class. He just signed, without playing any college football at all, he signed a deal with GT Sports Marketing for $1.4 million, basically to be signing autographs. That's it. Love it. Love that for him. Good for him. Uh, You know, I hope it works out. I hope... You know, here's here's my here's my big theory here is uh, this was happening anyway. Yeah, probably We're not to this dollar amount is my I guess. don't know, man. It was John, what, what Johnny Manziel was talking about. He got paid like 30 grand for an hour yeah, of signing true. autographs. That's like true. I I feel like I, they're probably making less, you know, these big stars. But that know. might be true. But it's just, it's wild how much this has already changed the landscape of college football and it's only been around like a month and a half. Yeah, and and, 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 and to get outside of college football a little bit, this is changing the landscape of college sports yes. in a positive manner, I think. Yeah, I agree right? with you. I agree there with are, you. There are volleyball players who are signing pretty big contracts with these getting sponsorships, and I'm here for it for them. Like, the, it helps pay for their college. It helps, you know, like... Yeah. You know, because like you know, uh, uh, women's volleyball—I don't think it's full ride. Some some schools. I probably, think they but... have a few full ride spots, but I yeah. don't think the whole team is. Yeah, it's not like football or basketball where everybody's on full ride. It's one of those. It, I don't want to say fringe sports because I love uh, college volleyball. I think it's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but it, like I, I guess I'll, I'll say it's a fringe sport. You know, it's it's not it's not going to be in the mainstream. It's so not, not your money. It's rides. not your money maker. Well, it's like it's like um, you know, in college when I lived next to the Oregon track guys, Oregon has one of the best track teams in the world, like in the country ever, like every year, right? Yeah. And um, the, there were these guys on the team, and there were only like three scholarships. Yeah. Like none of them were on full rides. And so, yep. you know, it's like those people can start making money now. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yep, I'm about it. Here for it. Love that Here for you. for it. Week zero of college football happened last week. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it was boring. Yeah. However, the first game of the college football season was Nebraska at Illinois. <laughs> and the good old Cornhuskers went and lost. They did. Scott Frost is done. Absolutely toast. Uh, do you He's, think he even makes it through this season? I doubt it. I don't know. I, Nebraska should never lose to Illinois, period. That just no, shouldn't ever, fucking happen. Ever. Yeah, no, that shouldn't happen. Um, I'm here for it. I hope Scott Frost stays there forever and is awful. I, I You know, I liked Scott Frost. He should have stayed at UCF. Um, and he was great at Oregon as offensive coordinator. But... I can't like him because he played at Nebraska and is now their coach. And if they're going to be terrible, I'm here for it. <laughs> Fair. You know, can't hate you on that. Um, yeah, it, it, like, it actually ended up like so it, it, Illinois went out to a pretty big lead. Um, and then, yeah, they Nebraska- were up 16 to nine at half. They were up. What is that? 30 to 16 at the end of three. Yeah, I mean the the game was fairly well in hand the whole time, but Nebraska did try to make a little comeback here and there. They got within one score, I think, once or twice. And I, I mean, Adrian Martinez is one of the most puzzling 
quarterbacks in college football. Yeah. He's a four-year <laughs> starter, and he just has gone backwards, it seems like, the whole time. We watched his first start. Yeah, and he looked pretty good. Still for, lost. For a half. For, he looked good for a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, I don't know. Wild. Absolutely wild. Nebraska, uh, just reading a story here that NAS- N- Nebraska has one of the nation's longest sellout streak, I believe. Yep. Dates back to 1962. <laughs> just announced today that that sellout streak is alive because they had some donors buy out a large portion of the tickets. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> In a year that we had zero live sports, Nebraska had zero fans in the stands in a year that they're going to be itching to come back. They couldn't even sell out. And it's not like, okay, so I know Illinois is not like the greatest football program ever, but it's not like they went out and played Southeastern Louisiana tech state. No, but it, I mean, so the talk about Nebraska coming into this season was this is the year that like Scott Frost has his guys now, this is the year that they're going to turn the corner. This is the year that Nebraska is going to show that they're the real deal in the Big Ten. And then they go out and just lay a fucking egg at Illinois. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like you said, I think Scott Frost is gone before the end of the year. Oh, yeah. And if you went to Nebraska Twitter, like, I was a giddy on Saturday because <laughs> Nebraska Twitter was just on fire and I was just Hell loving yeah. every second of it. Hell yeah, dude. That's Lovely amazing. people. They were great, gracious hosts they were so when we were there. great to us. I hated it so much because I wanted to hate them, but they were so nice. They were incredible, but fuck all of them and fuck Nebraska forever. God, and that, that the after party... That was fucking sick. It was great. No doubt about it. Fucking so sick. I mean, they had to because it's Lincoln, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. You got to have something cool like that. You don't have the flat irons behind your stadium or anything that's, you know, they like even had actually cool. There. Uh, yeah, it was wild. The it whole was thing wild. was they had the whole The whole thing was wild. Um, but uh, it, it, whatever. Fuck Nebraska. Glad they suck. Stay down forever. and rant (laughs) and rant and Uh, the rest of saturday's college football slate was fairly pedestrian fresno state absolutely murdered yukon 45 nothing ucla stomped all over hawaii utep beat new mexico state by 27 san jose state destroyed southern utah nothing really intriguing after that first game however watching ucla do ucla things and you know, kind of look like a Chip Kelly offense again was exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson looks crisp. He looks fr- well. He didn't for like the first half, and then he came out in the second half and looked pretty crisp, pretty clear. Um, um, Zach Charbonnet, the Charbonnet is the real fucking deal. That guy has six carries for a hundred and five yards and three touchdowns. Charbonnet Holy shit. is nasty. Yeah, he, watch, he out might win them the South. Like, watch out for that guy. Watch out for that guy. I like. I didn't know anything about this guy. He's a transfer from Michigan somewhere. State, I think, somewhere. And he is nasty, man. Yeah, like, yep. woo. Now, granted, they played Hawaii. All right, so temper expectations a little. Uh huh. 
He's still they nasty. Got, we'll see what happens on Saturday, right? They're playing LSU. True litmus test. Yeah, yeah. For, for UCLA sure. on Saturday. But good first showing. They did what they needed to do. That uh, was the perfect warm up game for this LSU. Yeah, I mean, they could have been. It could have been way worse. They scored no points in the fourth quarter because they pulled everybody. Yeah, um, as they should, and and that was that. So anyway, that was week zero. Now we're getting into week one. Oh, I'm so excited! Yes. But let's get into some of the marquee games. We're not going to go through everything in the top twenty five because that would take forever. But we're going to go through some of the marquee matchups that are happening this weekend. It starts on Thursday, surprisingly enough. Ohio State starts the season at Minnesota on a Thursday night. That's interesting. I mean, Ohio State's going to run away with that. Ohio State's going to run away with it. They're a 14-point favorite, right? That's that's low, it seems like. It's just not your typical first game. The Big Ten's got some big matchups. Week zero, week one, they have some. They're going full bore into the Big Ten schedule like right away. Good, I love that. Yeah, especially as the Pac-12 allies with them, I love seeing that kind of shit. Like, let's get competition back into college football, right? Agreed. Like, who wants to see these fucking Patsy games? Nobody wants to watch that shit. Nope. So I that's the first like, game. I love, I love my Ducks. I do not want to see them beat a team 72-0. It's just not fun. Yeah, no, it's not at all. Um, then on Friday, next marquee-ranked game. Uh, I shouldn't say marquee because it's not a huge game, but um, North Carolina at Virginia Tech Friday night. That'll be fun. Uh, Virginia Tech's always that sneaky team that can like pull one out, especially early season. And great um, atmosphere. Playing Inner Sandman before always. the... I mean, just one of the coolest entrances in college football. Um, this side note, I just, I, I just remembered this. ESPN did like their top five entrances in college football. And they had like Virginia Tech on there and Clemson running down, touching the rock and all this shit. I, I and really Ralphie, don't find Clemson cool. Well, and Ralphie wasn't on there, and that is just an absolute atrocity. I'm just pointing that out. Uh, absolutely, that's Ralphie's uh, the coolest fucking thing in college football, and I will the fight only, you. The only reason I could see them leaving it off the list is because in the last. 10 years, Colorado hasn't been consistently good. And so the atmosphere when Ralphie runs isn't as great because the stands aren't as filled as, like, say, a Clemson touching a fucking rock. You know, like, because uh, the fans are in the stands. I agree but with that. I, I, but I, Ralphie herself running in front of a football team is the coolest fucking entrance in sports. A hundred percent. Especially when Folsom's packed. Yeah, when so Folsom is packed, there's nothing Let's better. get back there. Let's get back there. But anyway, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Friday night, game to watch that day. Then Saturday, full slew of games, obviously for us, Oregon hosting Fresno State. Fresno State, aforementioned, absolutely demolished UConn last weekend. And all of a sudden, their Twitter fans think that they could come into Autzen and do something. That's going to be a, a rude awakening. Good luck. Um, so not a not a big game. That game's at noon Mountain Time. Not 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 very big. The Marquee Fox whatever their early game, Big Noon Saturday. 
I think is what they call it. <laughs> it's uh, a bad it's name. Their, it's their Big Ten game. Penn State against Washington in Washington, Madison. Um, we we kind of previewed this last week. We both think Penn, we, we both think Wisconsin's going to win, uh, but that's our first like real ranked versus ranked. Wait, did you matchup say Penn State Wisconsin? Yes. Okay, because you said Washington at first. I uh, Wisconsin's what I, I was meant. Like, I was like, what? I don't remember going over that. Penn, I was Penn like State, Wisconsin. For a second, sorry. Like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, no, Wisconsin <laughs> in Madison. Wisconsin's That's... gonna. Wisconsin's only a five and a half point favorite. I'd take Wisconsin on the mon- on the line for that. Oh, for sure, for sure. Then I would also right... take. I would also take the uh, the line for Ohio State beating Minnesota by fourteen. Yes, I agree with that. I would take Ohio State in that. <clears throat> right after the that game, the uh, after the Penn State Wisconsin game is Alabama at Miami, one thirty p.m. Mountain Time. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this out there, Chris, for when you're listening to get our cold takes. Um, spoiler alert. Um, I uh, listen to this right here because maybe we should watch that all together because you're a Miami fan. Just saying. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Alabama's a nineteen and a half point favorite. That seems about right. Yeah, I would I would kind of go with that. Uh, I you know, I don't know, man. Miami's probably pretty sneaky. They've got a, like Derek King is he's he's a good quarterback. We did quarterback say Alabama's good. overrated too. We'll see. I might I really hope I really hope I hope Miami wins this game. That would be fantastic. I, I don't I don't think they'll win. Um, but I could see that game. I would. I think I would take the line on that. I, would, I think I would bet Miami on the line on that to cover. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, you know, it's 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 my uh, Alabama's breaking in a new quarterback, new receiving core, new. Uh, well, they have a really good defense. Um, one corner is out. Uh, like, in in Miami stayed pretty well whole in the offseason. So I think they're. I I, I like I said. Don't think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be closer to 19 points. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, same time, different network. You got Indiana at Iowa. Iowa is a three-point favorite. This is the closest line in the top 25 week one, tied for the closest line week one. I think I, think, I, think I would take Iowa uh, to cover that, honestly. I, I can see them <clears throat> winning by 10 pretty easily. Mm, tough for me because Iowa always struggles scoring points, right? And Indiana puts up points. And so if Indiana can break through and score on a few oh, big plays. Sorry, I thought you said Illinois. <laughs> My no, bad. Iowa. My bad. No, I'm taking Illinois all day. Not Il- Fuck, Indiana. Indiana. God damn it. <laughs> I'm taking Indiana all day. I think I'm taking Indiana on this one, and I'm think, taking them straight up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not yeah. only do I think they'll beat the money line, I think they'll I think they're going to win this game. Yeah, I would agree with that. Next <coughs> hour later, we have Louisiana Raging Cajuns against Texas in Austin. Texas is an 8-point favorite. I'm taking the Raging Cajuns in this one. Like to win? To win. Like to win win? Win win. They're uh, Louisiana is ranked 23rd. Texas is ranked 21. Texas is breaking in a new quarterback. Louisiana has a very experienced offense. I think this is a this is 
and Texas has a new head coach. This is a not a good start for Texas this season. That's very when they, true. When they scheduled Louisiana 10 years ago for this date, they did not anticipate this matchup being what it is. That's fair. Um, uh, it's it's always hard to pick that mid-major school, especially against like the likes of Texas. Mm, you make good points, though. It's <laughs> it's week one. You're breaking in a whole new offensive Texas. You're breaking in a new head coach. The, you're 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 breaking in a new offensive system. Fuck! Oh, that you make good points. <laughs> I, okay, here's. I think I think I think the Raging Cajuns will cover. I think this is a down to the wire game. Coin. It's going to be very close. This may be one of the better games of the weekend. Um, yeah. I'm certainly going to be tuning in because, honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I made my predictions based on what I know about the rosters and shit, but I do not know what's going to happen. I don't know. It's college football. I don't know what's going to happen in any of these fucking games. But this one is the biggest question mark as far as the marquee matchups go for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, no, that's a good one. I, I I'm so excited for this weekend because I have three monitors and I'm just gonna fucking stream everything, dude. <laughs> yeah, just yep. fucking everything. Yep. Primetime <laughs> matchup. We have Georgia at Clemson. This was the marquee matchup we mentioned last week. Big big game. Clemson's a three point favorite. I think Georgia's gonna win this outright, and they may too. win it fairly big. I don't know about fairly big. You know, fairly. He's he's a good quarterback. Um, he can keep him in it. But I, I think Georgia. I said fairly, right? Fairly big's like yeah, yeah. A touchdown. I wouldn't call that fairly big. That's that's covering the spread by ten points. But yeah, but like winning fairly big, I would say is okay. Is, they're going to cover the spread by a decent margin. Yeah, when, is that okay, better? When, when when you say winning fairly big, I think the game is in hand the whole time. Oh, but no. not necessarily. Uh, yeah. No, it may be a double digit win, like a ten point win. I don't think this is going to be anything like a blowout. No, nothing yeah. like that. Um, and then the nightcap, uh, you got LSU at UCLA. Talked about this. Um. LSU minus three. That's LSU's a three point favorite going into the Rose Bowl. Vegas loves the SEC. I I thought this was going to be bigger. I think that's a like that's that says a lot about what UCLA, how UCLA is viewed in Vegas, and I yeah, think that's UCLA. True. Ah, I think UCLA is. Gonna I don't want to. I do too. I'm predicting I re- it right now. I'm putting it I re- down. I really UCLA do too. UCLA is going to win this game. I think, so and I think too. they're going to win by. By a score, I think they're going by 10, at least. I can't go that far, but I think UCLA is going to win this game. Whew, cool. That one's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be stupid, dude. I'm so dude. I, I'm getting giddy over here. I'm I'm beside myself. I'm so ready for this fucking season to start. <clears throat> and for the one, the one Sunday college football game of the year is this week, Notre Dame at Florida State. Notre Dame's a seven and a half point favorite. Seems about right. That seems low. Yeah, I think Notre Florida Dame's State probably going to win by good. two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, at yeah. least. I can see that being an absolute blowout. All right, and I don't. I don't there even believe in Notre Dame. We will think- see what happens next week. We will come out with our week two top twenty-five. 
We gave you our top 25 last week. Just to refresh everybody, in case you forgot, it goes like this. Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Iowa State, Clemson, Oregon, Cincinnati, North Carolina, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Miami, Florida, Indiana, LSU, Iowa, Utah, Arizona State, Texas, Louisiana, Washington, USC, Oklahoma State, Northwestern. Preseason top 25 for us. Approved just- by an actual sportscaster. <laughs> Spoilers, bro. The oh, next, next week, we'll give you our week two top 25. We'll see what happens. All right, now for a new segment on the Just Two Fans podcast, we are yes. going to bring in esteemed radio personality, don't I mean TV, don't get too carried away, sports, Jamie. whatever personality, <laughs> Chris Burkhart, friend of the show. You've heard him a few times. He's going to be coming in on a weekly basis here for a while, telling us how our takes from the previous week are garbage. So, Chris, give us a little dose of reality. Take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Just Two Fans podcast, (laughs) welcome to the inaugural episode of Cold Ones with Chris Burkhart. That's me. I'm the host. Cold Ones. It's a play on words. It's where we all crack a cold one. And I discuss the scolding cold, ice cold takes that these two fans, so-called, had last week on their podcast now jamie first off for those listening jamie did a great job jamie texts us (laughs) and by us he means me uh, i mean uh, me and uh, eli and he says hey guys the seven o'clock work sure me and eli (laughs) we jump on at exactly seven o'clock and then we just start talking for about 20 minutes while we wait for jamie to jump on and yeah, I, okay, I think there is no, no, hey, I'm the host of the show and you'll talk when I talk, <laughs> I toss to you. So the thing is, the person who decides what time people show up should have no excuse to be the last one on. You got it. The first to arrive last to leave, Jamie. That's leadership. That's the first take of the day. That was awful. That's on you. First thing I said, seven ish. Go back and read the text. That is exactly what it said. Second thing, it's my anniversary today. Give me a break. Okay, I'll give you a break. But Happy also, unless you post you. a screenshot, it's my word versus yours. I will post a screenshot right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at it, and he, he's 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 speaking truth. He's okay. speaking truth at us, Chris. And trust as me, a, as an trust Islander, me, I've I been late enough ish. for Eli, and I've been late <laughs> enough times for Eli to know better than to say a specific time. All right, but we See, it's nice we for me because I'm rips. a, I'm one of those guys who I, like, I don't have any responsibility. Like you guys have wives, kids. I'm over here, lonely for life. Hashtag, <laughs> and um, you know, I I could just be, I'll just do whatever. I'm in the wind, bro. I'm in the That's wind. Good. That's good. I think, you know, it's kind of nice. All right, so this is my idea for this segment, and we talked about this for all you listeners out there. This is Inception, if it were. It's a podcast within a podcast where I take over, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over and and listen to all their takes from the last week, and the ones that I think were cold, I'm going to bring them under the table. We're going to talk about the ones that I think were extremely hot. Maybe I'll bring them to, and we'll cool them down, okay? But we're just going to have some (laughs) things that maybe I didn't agree with. Okay, now we picked a hell of a time for this to be my first intro into this uh, endeavor here because 
I agreed with a lot of the shit you guys talked about last week. Yes! <laughs> we did it! That's what's up. We did but, it, Jamie! But! Don't get too excited. There were a few. What, few. First off, we're going to go right off the bat, and I know Jamie is going to deny that he said this, but the first cold take that he had was he said that the Big 12 is dead. It's going to die. It's not coming back. It might as well. See, the look on his face says he did not say that. No, I no, wrote down I my notes. fully admit to He's, saying that, and okay, I stand by it. it. Okay. <laughs> and my why I think that is a cold take, Jamie, is because I do not think it makes any financial sense for those institutions and or that league to fold up and just die. It might be dead in the sense that it's not competing with the other big four because of the Alliance and the SEC. But one thing that the big 12 has that, uh, you know, the mountain West doesn't uh, that the Sun Belt doesn't is it has that name recognition. So I think you look at a conference like the big 12 and they go, how many teams can we get to jump ship and come here and teams that I look at that I think could be easy pulls from where they play now. And, and the first one is not as easy as the rest, but I look at the big 12 and I go, if I'm the big 12, I'm making calls to a school like Cincinnati. Okay. Cincinnati's not in the sec. They're not playing in the PAC 12. They're not a big name school, but they're going to bring recognition and they're going to bring a good program into the, uh, into the big 12. And then you look at lower schools that I think could be easy prize, the Houston's, the Coastal Carolinas, Louisiana, the best name in college football, as Jamie said, or uh, Eli said last week, the Raging Cajuns, Liberty, an independent who has really built a decent program there. These are schools that I think the Big 12 will look at and go, okay, do we completely dissolve and let everything go? Or do we try to bring schools in? Do you think the schools that are left over in the Big 12 are going to say, okay, now we have no other options. Okay, so now Oklahoma State's joining the Sun Belt. Not going to happen. I think the Big 12 looks to see how competitive it can be and still get, uh, generate money. Dead? I don't think so. Jamie. Uh, I want to re- – <laughs> this is not a rebuttal. I did say that. I stand by – I don't think it's dead fully as a conference. Like you said, it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to just disappear – I'm dead in the sense of being competitive. You lose Oklahoma, you lose Texas. There's no way that that conference can survive. Also, after I made this statement, later in the week, the Pac-12 came out saying that they are not looking to expand. So that kind of, that in and of itself kind of makes the dissolving of the Big 12 relatively difficult. Eli. So uh, I have a follow-up question for you. Uh, you're talking about them adding Cincinnati, Liberty, Coastal Carolina, teams that are, for all intents and purposes, uh, outside of really Cincinnati at this point, uh, non-factors in the college football playoff uh, picture, right? Even if you expand it, you might get one or two. Does that demote the Big 12 into a mid-major conference? So so they go from a Power 5 to the Power 4, maybe maybe like – Maybe mid major plus, and then mid majors. Okay. What you said right there. The no, hierarchy? what you said right there is 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 mid major plus because I think with the way obviously the SEC has done everything they can to remain the top dog. The alliance between the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac twelve has proven that those three want to remain next in the pecking order. And just by default, the Big Twelve has been shoved down with the rest of the the rest of the as you said the mid majors, right? And so the mid major plus is where you where you come in. They they don't want to be 
in that bottom tier. They want to get as close to that top tier as possible and trying to be, as you just said, a mid-major plus, which I think is a great thing to, to, to coin it, keeps them at least from falling all the way down. Because if they start to dissolve or com- completely lose their competitiveness, then that's when they're then they're really screwed, right? And so th- they're already, as Jamie said, when he said you know, they're dead when it comes to being competitive, I-, I can agree with that. I think, though, you got to go get those, try to uh, convince some of those other schools to come. And the reason I believe that, too, Eli, is you were talking uh, last, last week when you guys were breaking down your, your top 25s, whether they were overrated, underrated, adequate, what have you. You start talking about teams like Coastal Carolina, like Louisiana. And I, I think you said the quote on Coastal Carolina was, I know they're good, but I don't know enough about the teams they play to really rank them within the top 25. And that's a complete fair thing to say because no average college football fan knows anything about Georgia State or Troy or Louisiana Monroe, right? But if you put them into the Big 12 and you go, okay, now Coastal Carolina – they have to play Iowa State. They have to play Baylor. They have to play Kansas State. Now you're like, oh, okay. Now I can talk about Coastal Carolina a little bit more. And now I know what they're bringing to the table because they're still putting together good seasons and they're not playing Troy anymore. They're playing schools we know. And here's the thing. Kansas historically is one of the worst college football programs in Division One football. But if I say Kansas football, you know what I mean. If I say Louisiana Monroe, where the hell in Louisiana did they play? Like you don't, there's no name recognition there. So and Louisiana Monroe may be a better team. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the thing, like a Coastal Carolina, are they better than Kansas uh, over the recent years? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are the Raging Cajuns better than Kansas? Yes, absolutely. Does average college football fan think that? Maybe not. Does the person who doesn't know anything about college football know that? Absolutely not, because they think Kansas, they think, well, their basketball program's good, so their their football program has to be good, too. So if, if you can get teams into those conference, it's going to give them a boost in recognition, and in turn is going to boost your conference. And that's how the Big 12 keeps itself from becoming one of the lower tiers, to answer your so, question. So how does, how does the Big 12 move forward without getting some of its current members poached? I got to think the Big 10 is looking at Iowa State, for example, right now, and Kansas State and Kansas and drooling a little, maybe even trying to push out Rutgers and some of those programs that have been a total deadbeat for them for the last, you know, 10 or so years. Um, I got to think that realignment, like this is not done by any means. And not only is the Big 12 going to be trying to add – they're going to have to try to keep teams, and I don't know that anybody's going to want to stay if there's an opportunity to leave. Yeah, but I th- also think, though, Jamie, I think if you can bring in some of those teams that we've already mentioned, I think that makes your conference maybe it does make it it does make your conference better. And then you look at the top of your conference, and do you want to have a chance to win your conference every year, or do you want to go just get obliterated by running in the SEC gauntlet or the Big Ten gauntlet or whatever yeah. it is? Now, I, mean, I think you you want to have a little bit of that balance as best as possible. So the yeah, best little, way to not but, get poached is to bring some of those big team names in where you can. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to to money, right? If if joining the Big Ten for Iowa State brings in twenty more million dollars a year, you can't say no to that. Sure, absolutely. 
So I just, I, it's I just, just going to be really interesting. Regardless of our takes being hot, cold, or somewhere in between, uh, it's a very, very interesting time to be a no college doubt. football no fan. No doubt. That is, uh, that is for sure. Uh, moving on. Not a lot of cold takes because you had some good ones, but I, yeah. I, I, yeah, do, I do take, yeah, I did. do get upset though when you talked about your dream alliance matchups. There was a lot of uh, Wisconsin and Oregon. There's already kind of a rival there because playing in the Rose Bowls. And what if you could get Oregon, Ohio State every year, and Michigan? And this, there was no mention of a team that I and I'm going to use a term you used last uh, last week, and we're going to get to that too as well, Eli. But there's a team that I absolutely stand for that you did not mention, and that was Miami. I want to see Oregon, Miami every single freaking year. I don't care. Make it a rivalry i grew up absolutely loving the hurricanes they were the i wanted to go there over oregon i just couldn't afford that stupid out-of-state tuition <laughs> but i oh my gosh just from a storyline perspective like just give me mario cristobal versus the hurricanes in Autzen stadium and then travel down to miami the next year dwayne the rock johnson on the sidelines just because oh yes give it to me and not to mention uh, regardless of how good miami is they are up and down i just think miami versus oregon would be I I don't like they're 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 two teams with uh, vaguely similar outlooks on college football, right? Trying to do things a little differently, um, and I, I I like I would agree with that like it'll be a fun matchup. Like I I think the turnover chain is one of the coolest things in college football, straight up. And everybody who tries to imitate that is dumb. It's a Miami thing. Let Miami do it. Like you remember the turnover backpack? Anybody remember that? Yeah, that was the worst thing. That was the worst thing ever. Anyway. Moving on. Again, that's not a cold take. I just was a little upset that Miami wasn't mentioned. They <laughs> no, they it's, it's fair. Mentioned. That's that's fair. You know, it's just that they, they've been pretty irrelevant for the last, you know, 20 years, except for the last maybe like three or four. They've been decently relevant. But outside of that, they haven't been super relevant. So it's hard to be like, oh, rival, right? Like, also, unless you like, were growing up a fan. <clears throat> also, the Big Ten's the low-hanging fruit there because the Big Ten's way better than the ACC. Yeah. So we kind of focused on the – Pac-12, Big Ten stuff, not yeah, so sure. much the ACC. But that's Miami. That's that's where I think like a Miami type program. Honestly, though, when you look at it, that's what every team should should strive to be, because they've been down for so long. They're starting to come back up over the recent years. But even when they're bad, the U carries weight. Like you can say Miami, and people know what you're talking about. That's that's oh yeah, that's a sure. program for right sure. there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, perhaps the worst take that Eli had. The entire show yes. was saying, don't add us. No, every single fan who listens to that should at all of you all the time. <laughs> um, That's I, I true. Mean, I mean, don't add us because we're not going to respond because yeah. we don't do social media. Yeah. The, se- <laughs> the second cold take, the second cold take was when he said that we should probably stop shitting on Trevor Jones. No, don't stop that. Oh, that was an ice cold. That was an ice cold take. I knew ice it as cold. soon as I said it. Ice, ice cold. cold. Ice cold. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to your guys' top 25, where I actually, I, you, you, you said, Eli, you talked about how you know we try to put our fandom to the side, be unbiased. I think you guys actually did a pretty good job. I agreed with a lot of things here. Uh, Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. Al- Alabama being overrated, like being number one. I agree with what you say there. Like, I, like, they're a top four team. I just think putting them in number one. They're number one because their name's Alabama. Like, yeah, are, are, you, are you ranking them there because of of their roster or this and that, or because of their name, you put them there because of your name. Now, everything Eli had to say about Oklahoma, I thought was absolutely spot on. Spencer Rattler is, he, God, he's a good quarterback. And when I watch him play, 
it reminds me a lot of of Johnny Manziel. Uh, I think he's I, I, he's better than Johnny Manziel. But what I mean by the fact he's that he's way re- more accurate than Johnny yeah, Manziel what, what, ever what, was. What I say though, when uh, when I say it reminds me of Johnny Manziel, is Johnny Manziel as dumb as it sounds. Pretty much, there was games there at Texas A and M that he single handedly won. That like that team really had no business winning, and he just there was nobody on the field that can stop him. And that's how good Spencer Rattler can be, but he's a better quarterback than Johnny Manziel. So I think Oklahoma should scare a lot of people. They're a very good team with a very good quarterback. But back to what you guys said about, uh, you know, watching Netflix. God, he's hard to root for. <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> such a that douche. Show. But QB1 but, uh, is such a great show, but he yeah. is so terrible in that. Like how did that how did that show get two guys who are just so hard to root for the other one and he's only made it worse because he just is jumping from school to school but uh Tate Martell oh my gosh Ugh. those guys <laughs> he was he was the worst like in this little Las Vegas school oh yeah it's being so a little bad. rich white boy yeah, and then Bishop, Bishop Gorman yeah old Bishop Gorman yeah that's where old Zach Collins went former. Portland Trailblazers. Really? Current San Antonio Spur. So you guys went through your top 25, and the, uh, I, I agreed with pretty much all of it. The only one I highlighted uh, that I disagree with, and uh, you guys put your fandom away. I'm going to say I did too, but it's Oregon. You said they were maybe slightly underrated at 11. I think they're more than slightly underrated. I think they're a much better team than 11. I think they're a much better team than 10. I look at that list. I go, is Oregon better than North Carolina? I say yes. Does Oregon beat Notre Dame? I say yes. Is Oregon better than Cincinnati? I say yes. Iowa State is the toss-up. We saw what happened in the bowl game, but I still I still like Oregon in that matchup. You give me 10 matchups, I think Oregon wins more of them than Iowa State does. Texas A&M, you guys threw them overrated. Like, can you ever trust Texas A&M to be good no. as they're advertised? No. Nope. Georgia, Especially the with exact Timbo same. Fisher. Yeah, and Georgia's the exact same. Georgia should just be a Like, every single year with Georgia, it's like, this is the year, and then they disappoint you. They they are so good on paper. But I put Oregon closer to that 5-6 myself. And you look, at the, you look at that roster, man. Holy smokes. Oregon is freaking stacked you guys now we know anthony brown is gonna is gonna start at quarterback i like that move but i mean you still have verdell and die spencer webb is 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 talented that receiving core with johnny johnson micah Pittman, like jalen red like that holy smokes and then defensively you guys talked about that i mean oh cave on thibodeau period stop there like this team is going to be good now you look at last year last year is last year i'm going to use it to my my uh, advantage and my disadvantage over the the next few minutes but it, it's hard to look at what Oregon did last year and then judge how they're going to do this year it's hard for any team really because COVID being so restrictive players having to be constantly tested practice schedules being messed with this and that uh, but I, I just I think Oregon like Oregon is better than 11 I still think they're a good team and personally I think they have a very very good chance of beating Ohio State we have them at seven in our top 25, so we actually moved them up quite a bit. Um, we have them beh- just behind o- Iowa State at five and Clemson at six, so we put them up there pretty good. Good, good. But still, I was <clears> just going to say, that's one I do definitely, I-, I think they're higher. The rest of the top 25, meh. It's like, I- I'm still a firm believer, <laughs> man, that the, the that 
preseason top 25 rankings are an absolute sham. The only reason oh, the, the only reason the preseason top 25 exists is so that the NCAA has a better chance of getting the teams that it wants in the college playoff football playoff in the college football playoff because if you're ranked in the top 25 in week 1, you can lose a game or two and still come out on top by the end of the year. If you all- don't crack the top 25 till week 5, you're screwed if you drop a game. It's all about politicking to get those guys in. I I think no poll should even be released myself. I've t- said this on record multiple times. I think it should be the halfway point of the season when the first first poll comes out. When you've seen teams play, you know what you got, and now you can adequately rank them. But that's yeah. me. Yeah, they also, you know, it's also for TV, right? You got the early season matchups. You got one versus five or whatever it is. You know, this week you got... Georgia against Clemson, three against six or whatever it is in the polls. It's definitely for that, but you're right, 100%. There should be no polls until midpoint of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Now, moving on. Now we get to two takes that I really disagree with. Okay. It took, yeah. you know, it took an hour into your hour and 20 minute show for me to really get to them. <laughs> but here they are. First off, your ranking of the Pac-12 North, Stanford at six, Oregon State, Washington State, Cal Washington, Oregon at the top. My biggest, biggest disagreement of the entire show is Oregon State at five. I think, I know you guys, to be fair, you did say it's a toss-up with the teams above them, Washington State's the Cal, this and that. I firmly think they're three, and I wouldn't be surprised if they are two because I just don't have a lot of faith in Washington. Washington has has been good, but there's God, they feel like there's just a lot of holes on that roster. Kind of like you guys said, they don't have a, a quarterback who's just slinging it back there. Their running backs aren't as good as as they had been in the past. They just don't have a lot of weapons that I'm used to have Washington having, and I just don't don't know if I have faith in them to be as good as, as they had been. Oregon State, on the other hand, guys. Yes, again, I'm going to use last year. I said I'm going to use it to my advantage and my disadvantage because <laughs> uh, it's hard to gauge how good teams are with the way COVID, COVID happened. But you got to remember that Oregon State did upset Oregon. They did beat Cal. And you look at those losses. When you go down the list, they lost to Washington State by 10. They were two of the worst uh, referee spot calls in probably Oregon state history away from beating Washington in Washington. They lost to Utah by six. They lost to Stanford by three. Arizona was a 13 point loss. That was their biggest loss of the season. They were in every single game they played. And the year before that, when they were five and seven was a real, real indicator of what Jonathan Smith was building with that team. I think this is the year it'd be the first year since uh, 2014. I believe that Oregon state gets back into the bowl postseason. there goes bowling and they have weapons on that team. Let me tell you what they're going with Sam Neuer at quarterback, which is a bit of a surprise to not go with Tristan Jebbia, but I mean, Colorado fans, I mean, Neuer, he's, he's a decent quarterback. He's going to get the job done for him. Receiving core. Very, very talented. Uh, Trayvon Bradford, very good. Tyjon Lindsay, very good. And Zariah Beeson has a chance to be a very, very good receiver when he's done. Still a freshman, but he has bu- he's built in the mold of some of the greats that have come through that program before. So they got some weapons there. And B.J. Baylor, B.J. Baylor, uh, hampered by injuries at times, but when that guy has the balls in his hand, 
boy, howdy, can he put a lick in on a defender. He's obviously wasn't getting on the field last uh, last year because of Jamar Jefferson being just an absolute freak, but they have the weapons to be good on offense. Defensively, this is where I think Oregon State is way better than advertised. Oregon, yes, has a good good uh, defense too, but I absolutely love Oregon State's linebacking core. Addison Gums, Avery Roberts, Amar Spates, and Andres Hughes-Murray, that is a phenomenally talented linebacking core. And that's even, to me, that's one of the best ones that they've had since when they had Michael Doctor and DJ Alexander uh, leading that group. I think that's one of the better ones in the conference myself. And they also have guys like uh, Jaden Grant, son of Brian Grant, former Blazer, who is also extremely underrated at how good he is at the nickel. Defensively, the team's better than advertised. Offensively, they have the weapons. I think they're the third best team in the North. I think they're going bowling. I, could see I, I can't disagree with that. Like, like we were kind of, it's just like, who knows between Cal, Washington state and Oregon state. Um, you know, with, with losing a talent like Jamar Jefferson, uh, it's really hard to be like, yeah, next man up, especially with a school like Oregon state, which historically has not been a good next man up school. Um, you know, it was hard to put him there, but, and I think, I think we didn't like, you were kind of alluding to like with everything with COVID, I don't think we saw what Cal actually had last year. Right. So I th- I think Cal's gonna be tougher than people think they're gonna be, yeah. personally. Yeah, I still think Oregon State is, and I like uh, like I said, uh, BJ Baylor uh, is more than capable of being that guy. the 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 question mark on them is the depth behind him. There's not a lot of great running back depth behind BJ Baylor, and if he gets hurt, then Oregon State's gonna be hurting. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> now, the next hot hot take or cold take, whatever the heck we want to call it. <laughs> I want to get to the root of Eli's hatred for David Shaw. He said that Stanford will never be as good with David Shaw as they were with Jim Harbaugh. I just don't think David Shaw is the guy to get them to where Harbaugh got them. And I paused. And I think verbally, I said, alone in my room, what the fuck is this guy talking about? (laughs) Jim Harbaugh, much like you can put some respect on like Chip Kelly at the time, responsible for kind of rebuilding that program, setting the trajectory going forward. And he did it in a small amount of time, did it in four years. As last year there, he went 12-1. and one. They won the Orange Bowl. He ended with a career record at Stanford at 29-21. and 21. David Shaw takes over. They go 11-2, 12-2, 11-3, 8-5. At that point, you're like, okay, he did that all with, you know, Jim Harbaugh's guys. Now he's really getting his guys. How good of a coach can he be? Well, his first year with nothing but his guys, he went 12 and 2. Then he went 10 and 3. Then he went 9 and 5. Then he went 9 and 4. And last year is the anomaly, of course, not for uh, 2019 is the anomaly at 4 and 8. So one bad year in 8 and 86 and 34 record. I do not understand saying that David Shaw will not get. Stanford where Harbaugh did when the proof is in the pudding that Stanford has been better with David Shaw than it was with Jim Harbaugh. Please explain you, yourself. Well, I, I'm going to jump to Eli's defense here for a hot second. Oh, for, yeah. You said it is last season. They went what? 13 and one, 12 and one, 12 and one. Yeah. They haven't been back there. They have at least two losses every single season <laughs> that David Shaw has been the head coach. Okay, 
Except the, except, except, now, except, now, uh, except the that's, two seasons. That's just no, my defense. No, hey, except they hey. had two 12-win seasons where they played one more game than Harbaugh played. Harbaugh played 13. They played 14. He I went 12-2. and two. He, I 80, 86 and 34. I, I didn't say that you're not right. I just said that they haven't got to that win percentage that Jim Harbaugh <laughs> got to. I just don't I don't see it with David Shaw. I don't. He like, is. okay, he's got some good seasons. Yeah, like no. they were never they never had the talent level again, ever. I, I uh what was his uh, love? Was a like I I I just never well, then seen that, it. Well then that should play it more here's, into David here's Shaw's my favor. Thing. You're gonna you're gonna no, you're gonna say that they never had the talent level that Harbaugh had. That he but was still part, put, one of was, the biggest parts of college football. He, He's it's okay. recruiting. He's also, unfortunately, at Stanford, which is one of the hardest schools to recruit to because of the academic standards put on him to recruit at Stanford. The fact that Harbaugh turned that program around is phenomenal. The fact that David Shaw has continued to make that a viable program under those those hard goal lines, that's it's impressive what he's done at a, at a school that is historically hard to coach at. Jamie, I'm I'm not going to say that he never had the talent because he he was successful there for a good amount of time. Stanford lost at least one game a year and was close to losing multiple a year because of his play calling and the way that he coached games. Right. So it's more about that to me, like his coaching drives me insane. And what David Shaw does on offense is he has his offensive coordinator call plays until they get in the red zone. And then David Shaw took over play calling when they're in the red zone. And it was atrocious. Absolutely. One of the worst red zone performances in Pac-12 history. Absolutely. God awful coaching decisions there. If he had just let his offensive coordinator take play calling the whole game, Stanford would have been great. I just, his coaching style, the way that he did it drives me nuts and it lost them games. That is my argument against David Shaw. Not so much talent level. He did it. He did it sustainably for the better part of a decade. But he alone was the sole reason that Stanford lost a good chunk of the games that they lost in that time. I also think. I also think we're, we're kind of forgetting that, especially in like recruiting and stuff. Uh, you you pr- programs get momentum, right? Like and, and it takes a long time for that momentum to die out, right? Stanford was a national championship contender for five years, right? Um, and and when you when you when you have that that clout for those five years, it takes a while for that heat to die down. I mean, look at fucking USC; they haven't been good in fifteen years. They haven't been a championship contender for fifteen years, and they're still getting like you're start, but you're starting to see their their recruiting classes dying down. Because they're just not good anymore. Clay Hilton's ass, right? Like you, you're starting to see the momentum die, and I think there is that mo- there was that momentum with Stanford, and maybe we're starting to see the tail end of that. Mark Alfrich right? is on the line, and he fully disagrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and also, hey, and going back to hey, win percentage, you're 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 dead on, Jamie. Yes, they they never. Uh, lost fewer than two games under David Shaw, but the highest the team finished with Harbaugh was that 12 and one season where they finished fourth. And with Shaw, the highest they finished is third. 
So I'm I'm not saying that he didn't. No, have I'm just good saying seasons. if you're gonna bring stats to the table, I'm gonna bring my stats to the table. That's fine. <laughs> I think David Shaw is great. You guys can hate on him. You guys talked about I, how Arizona honestly, is the worst team in the conference, one of the worst teams in college football this year. They're not as bad if David Shaw is their head coach. They're better than they would be off right now. Easy. That no, might be true. Barely. I just. I ju- not I, barely. Shut I like your mouth. David Shaw's a good dude, right? Like I like David Shaw, the person. His the way he coaches just absolutely drives me insane. And I have a, one of my very close childhood friends went to Stanford, and he just it drives him batshit crazy. Anytime they get in the red zone, he borderline can't watch because if you watch Stanford play, the play calling completely flips, and it's really bad. No, and that and that's a that's a that's a fair thing to say. And uh, there are a lot of head coaches who have their random hiccups, but I still think that that hiccup aside, David Shaw is. I, I think I'll David give Shaw's you. Phenomenal. I'll give you credit. Stanford is a very difficult place to be competitive in a sport like football. Yeah, it just is. I mean, I mean, sustainably. Yes, and he's and he's done it sustainably. So, I like that. Till now, they're yeah. they're not going to be very good this year. Other than that, guys, you had no other cold <laughs> takes. Your your take on the Pac-12 South was spot on because the crazy part about, about the Pac-12 South is I think it's going to sound crazy, but I, you could make a logical argument, and it might be a flawed argument, but you could make a logical argument for any team but Arizona foreseeably ending up winning that division. A hundred percent. Like Colorado is the one of the of the next five with the least chance of doing it. But you could still make an argument that the, the chips could fall right and they could get there. UCLA, uh, UCLA, I actually think they have a better chance of winning it than USC myself. I think they're going to be very good. And then the Arizona State-Utah argument, absolutely. I, I agree with you guys in the fact that I think Utah – I think it's Utah's to lose, but I think any very team can win margin. that division. Yeah. As, we're, as we're in the north, it's like – the only thing preventing Oregon from winning that is Oregon. Yep. So yeah, the, no hot takes <laughs> yeah. on the South. I, I tried to find one, but I can't because it's, it's, it's a good ranking. And last but not least, we're going to go back two episodes just for the hell of it. Just in case any <laughs> listeners think otherwise, I, I'm going to say this. They're probably going to never bring me back on for saying it. Cause I'm going <laughs> to lose some followers over it. But if you choose a Twizzler over a red bind, please never listen to the podcast again. Don't, yes. don't don't click don't download uh, unfollow us on twitter block us i don't qu- care a twizzler is not better than a red vine and anyone who likes a twizzler only likes it because they were given one when they were five years old and they were patient enough to pull off every little strand and they go mom look i made a heart that's the only reason you like a twizzler the eh? only, the only people who like twizzlers are the people who've never had a red vine <laughs> yeah well, that was the inaugural episode of The Cold Ones with Chris Burkhart. Hopefully soon to be its own podcast. You never know. Maybe I'll take this thing rogue. And I really, really hope that next week you guys have some very good uh, cold takes for me to break down. Because I want to debate a little bit more. But as always, you'll find us here about halfway through the Just Two Fans podcast, Cold Ones with Chris Burkhart. Until next time, stay classy, Just Two Fans, 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 fans. Cool. <laughs> All right. Many thanks for Chris joining the show again with us. Looking forward to hear what you think about our uh, takes this week. Going to be a little spicier, I think. A little spicier. Although, I mean, David Shaw sucks. 
So I'll, I'll just double down, Chris. <laughs> you dick. You bitch. Chris. You bitch. You bitch. <laughs> David Shaw <right>. sucks. Boop. <laughs> We're going to move on to the MLB. I will where, never move on. And we haven't talked about the MLB in a while, right? So we Shohei Ta- Oshtani is doing Shohei Otani things. Mm-hmm. It's wild. The Rockies suck, so I have stopped paying a lot of attention. Mariners um, are eliminated. Rockies are eliminated. We kind of stopped watching. <laughs> Yeah. Um, however, back in the news this week for some weird stuff that I've never seen in sports. Again, this is a weird week for sports, man. Just weird. Um, so Javi Baez recently traded to the New York Mets, along with a couple other Mets players, Francisco Lindor and Kevin Pillar, namely, um, decided this week that they were going to Give thumbs down to the fans when they did something good. And their explanation was, when we don't get sex, wow, that's not right. When (laughs) we don't get success, (laughs) that was not right. Jamie's got on his mind. (laughs) (laughs) When we don't get success, we're going to get booed. Baez explained afterwards, so they, the fans, are going to get booed when we get success. That is such fucking bullshit. That is one of the worst takes I have ever heard an athlete. <laughs> you know what happened? Take. Okay, so I hate the Yankees. Always have. Um, and this, luckily, this will not be featured on Cold Takes next week because Chris will 100% agree. Uh, I fucking hope so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, fuck the Yankees, dude. Uh, I, I, I'm a Yankee hater, um, and I, I've... I understand Jeter's was a great baseball player, um, and but I've never really liked Jeter. But here's the thing: he uh, when he got booed, people would ask him about it. He said, "I deserve it. I'm not playing well. I'm not playing up to the standards that I, I set for myself for this team. Yada yada yada. I'm slumping." And he and he would just get better. And he understands that like this this is the, here's the thing. This is so fucking tone deaf. Like, could you? I, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm like a little flustered right now because this is so frustrating to me. Because if if it weren't for those fans that booed you when you're performing wrong, you would be in a poorhouse somewhere. Here's the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's be real here. The bottom line is, fans pay their hard-earned money in a lot of cases for the right to boo. That I mean, that yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Like bottom line, fan if if fans are paying their their money to come see you entertain them and perform well and you don't do that, they're allowed to boo you. I'm we sorry you don't like all the time. It. Oh my god, I I <laughs> boo everybody. <laughs> but I'm allowed to boo. Yeah. If you if you suck at your job, like I'm going to let you know about it because I'm paying to watch you. And the, it'd be one thing if it was out there making like if, if you're going to like the Savannah Bananas, by the way, we've never talked about them. They're fucking dope. The Savannah Bananas. Uh, like if you're going there and these guys are making like 30 grand a year uh, playing baseball, like I'd be less inclined to boo them. Right. These guys are making like 30 million a year or booing college athletes. Right. Yeah. But this is like you are paid to perform. 
You are paid to perform and entertain. It, it, if you are not entertaining or performing, the people who pay to go watch you perform and entertain are allowed to go, this is a bullshit product. Like, it's, it, you know, I, I view it as like the same as like movie reviews. If I come out of a movie and go, that fucking sucked. I'm allowed to say that because I paid to go watch it. I can, yeah. I'm allowed to go, that fucking sucked. Right. Like, I will never watch that movie again. You know? Right. Like, it's, it's, it, it just feels, it felt really tone deaf and entitled of them to say that to me. Yeah. And they've come out and apologized and say, I didn't mean to offend anybody and all this Fuck bullshit. That. Dude, yeah, I'm no. so fucking sick of these apologies, man. They, none yeah. of them, they don't care. Like, I, I, I fully believe Trent Dilfer should not have apologized. He, what he did was fine. But, like, these guys, like, they're, they, they don't mean anything. These apologies are bullshit. Myers Leonard, like all that shit. Like, oh, I didn't know what it means. Oh, I'm sorry to the fans. Fuck you. You lost my respect from a fan base. Like, yeah. if I'm their fan I, base, they're, I, I'm done with those three. Fuck you guys. Like, you, you don't get to come out and be like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I love you again. Sorry, Javi. Yeah. I would I like I would, Javi Baez too. Like he's enter he's a great baseball player. He's entertaining. He has some of the most ridiculous slides and tags that I've ever seen. Um, he's entertaining, but like, and if this truly just was a mistake and they were making a joke out of it, and they owned up to like, okay, whatever, I'll move on. They doubled down on it, saying that if we don't get success, we're going to get booed. So the fans are going to get booed when we get success like that is just not how this works yeah like i I could almost see it if it was like there were like 30 people in the stands like the fans don't show up but if the fans are in the seats they did their fucking job right but the fans that are there showed up if yeah. you show up to the big game you're allowed to fucking boo if you want you've done your job you, yeah. sorry javi you're the one not doing your job right <laughs> and also they're allowed to not like you I'm sorry Absolutely. you don't like not being liked. That's the world you live in, buddy. You get paid yeah. a lot of money. Maybe hit the baseball better. How does that sound? Right. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, I'm allowed to boo as a fan, and I do a lot. <laughs> I I don't boo a ton. I booed the Rockies a couple times because they were so bad. So, so bad. consistently bad. So good. Just, ugh. Some of the things. I mean, you were here during some good years too. I was. I the playoff year was so much fun. I went to a playoff baseball game. I hang my hat on that. It was the coldest fucking night of my life, but it was amazing. Yep. Anyway, it's amazing. Baseball. Just do some quick standings updates, kind of show where everything's at. There are some clear front runners. There's some surprises. The the San Francisco Giants just continue to astound me. I don't know how this team's doing what they're doing. They have the best record in baseball right now, uh, tied with the Rays. I think they have a half game on the Rays for the best record in baseball. It makes absolutely no sense okay. that this team is winning the I NL I actually West. have a theory for this. Okay. So we know when the Giants were on their tear, right, and they kept winning their, their World Series, they only won on even years, yeah. right? We know that. 2020 doesn't count. So did that yeah, just get so, pushed but, back? But they've also so this, like, their new they didn't win year? in 2014 or. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
And and I really, I truly, I don't think that they can sustain this through the playoffs. I they they've proved me wrong all season, so I may be dead wrong on this. Um, haven't watched a lot of Giants baseball, to be completely honest with you. So I may be just way, Chris. You know, feel free to roast me on this one. This may be a <laughs> this may be an ice cold take. I just I'm not there with the Giants. Uh, but that may just be my full blown preseason bias coming the out. The NL West is so fucking this, the fact that the 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 Padres probably aren't even going to make the playoffs wild. is insane to me. It is wild, uh, man. I feel for Padres fans. I truly do because oh, if I was <laughs> truly though, I mean, like if this was the Rockies, I would have been so hyped if the Rockies were like what the Padres should be. With oh, that yeah. roster and that pitching staff and everything. Oh, my God. I would have been so hyped. And then just to be let down again like they have been for the past <laughs> 60 years in San Diego just has to be absolutely heartbreaking. Um, the rest of the picture is fairly clear at this point. You know, the division winners and a lot of the wild card spots are kind of locked up. Uh, the Rays and Yankees are almost locks to make the playoffs out of the East, the Red Sox are hanging in there. Um, the Chicago White Sox have essentially locked up the Central. Actually, I think they have. Um, the Astros are going to win the AL West. Uh, Oakland has fallen off pretty hard. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. The <clears throat> National League, the Brewers are going to win the Central. The Braves are most likely going to win the East. The Giants and Dodgers are both going to be in the playoffs out of the West. So one playoff spot really in each league is up for grabs at this point. Um, we got a month left. We'll see what happens. Um, playoff baseball is always fun when it comes back around. It's still it's really unfortunate that it takes place in the middle of football season. Right, it just takes a back seat. Really wish baseball. Just- it should be they should they should shorten the season to where the playoffs are right now. Well, the base baseball should be like the end of the World Series should be happening today, basically. Yeah, the end of the August week should football be starts. Yeah, right before college, like literally the day before the first college football games should be the end of the World Series, not week zero, week one. That should be the end. Absolutely, of baseball. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll Could see. Could you what imagine, happens. dude, we'll if the fucking tabs. playoffs are going on right now, we'd be we'd be so fucking hyped. I'd watch every insane. second of it right now. It would be insane. So sports no, have I'm been not gonna fairly watch NFL preseason. I'm gonna watch baseball playoffs, dude. Sports have been fairly bleh for the last month and a half. Yeah, and if really. we had a month and a half of playoffs from mid July through the end of August, that would be awesome. Yeah, like I mean, like we took a week off of the podcast and like missed I nothing missed nothing yeah wild man and this is even in an olympic year right so in in other years there's literally nothing from july through august yeah it's crazy so anyway man they'll maybe they'll figure it out someday if they can get rid of rob manfred (laughs) good luck (laughs) all right speaking that that's baseball we'll kind of keep up with it but football's coming through so if you're looking for hot baseball takes probably not the place for you for the next couple months <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, um, i'll probably pick it up again um i i fell off watching baseball a little bit but i'm gonna i'm gonna pick it back up well i mean when up. we get to playoffs i watch the playoffs yeah but 
the Rockies are out. So I just the daily baseball stuff is falling by the wayside. NFL, we have some NFL news. We're going to go full bore into our NFL preview next week. So we're not going to touch on it a whole lot this week. But there was some major news come out today, mostly out of New England. Cam Newton was cut. Not only is he not starting, <laughs> he was cut. This makes me, to my core, as an Oregon fan and a Bronco fan, this makes me happy. Yeah, I mean, I the Broncos have... I never liked Cam Newton. No, me neither. Not I, for a second. I hated him when he was in college. He shouldn't have been even playing in that game. Um, I I didn't like him in the Super Bowl. I've I've been very well documented on why I don't like Cam Newton. Yeah. Um, he had some wonderful years as an NFL quarterback. His years are clearly behind him. Yep. When the Patriots can't make it work, sorry, bud. Like, yep. <laughs> sorry, bud. 100%. <laughs> they, don't even, 100%. they didn't even trade him. <clears throat> nope. They was like, <laughs> Just get cut. out of here, Cam. Sorry, bud. Well, I think a lot of this honestly has to do with COVID protocol um, because I'm pretty sure Cam Newton's unvaccinated. He's never come out and said it, but that's what he's kind of alluded to. And the restrictions with the NFL for unvaccinated players are fairly tight. Uh, and he is not necessarily great at following said procedures. So I think... <laughs> I think a lot of this is Bill Belichick just doesn't trust him as a leader or as a member of his football team. And we know Bill Belichick doesn't pull punches. So that was well, just a. So my biggest, ya. my biggest complaint with Cam Newton is he was too high, too low. Right. He was so bipolar as a leader on the field that you yeah. can't, you can't get a rhythm like that. Yeah. And you can't do that at the quarterback position. And, yeah. And, and, so I, I was one kind of surprised when we went to the Patriots anyway because of because of that, um, but uh, you know if 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 you don't trust him to begin with and then you have like his ability to completely tear down your entire team, like yep. So the Mac Jones era has begun in New England <laughs> officially. Here here's here's an interesting little stat line for you. You want to know the ages of the AFC East starting quarterbacks? Oh, that's young. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me look at something real quick. All right, so the teams, I'll just give you the teams. It's the Bills, Dolphins, Jets, and Patriots. Okay. So, uh the Patriots and uh the Jets both have um rookies. Like tw- rookies that like they're both I think 20. I think they're the 22. same age. They're 22. both twenty-two. Yeah, they were both seniors. Oh, I th- for some I, for some reason I thought they weren't. Um, okay, uh, Josh Allen is twenty-six, twenty-five, twenty-five, and wait, what was? Sorry, I missed Dolphins. It. The Dolphins Tua is uh, twenty-four, twenty-three, twenty. Yeah, like. Josh Allen. Young, Josh bro. Allen is the elder statesman of the at quarterbacks 25. in the AFC East at 25. Woof. <laughs> uh, I mean, here, Josh Allen's the real fucking deal. Don't get me wrong, but woof. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, AFC Tua has shown a, not very much. Um, yeah, to be fair, he the was Dolphins are shopping. Season, the Dolphins are shopping. They're going to come out and say that Tua is their guy. They're trying to get. Um, why am I blanking his name? Deshaun Watson. Watson. 
uh, from the Texans. We'll see what happens there. I saw, I saw the um, today. The Texans are not budging on him unless they get two first rounds at a second round for him. And nobody's going to pay that for a guy who may not ever be able to play in the NFL again. No way. There's no way there. I would, I would te- never risk that much on Deshaun Watson right now. No, not at all. Before his lawsuits. Absolutely. After. Yeah. Nope. Not yeah, a chance. No way. Not touching you with a thousand foot pole. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, so anyway, full-blown NFL preview coming up next week. Um, the Broncos did name a starter. Just we're Broncos fans, so it's going to come up. Teddy Bridgewater is the starter in Denver. We'll see. Again, we'll give our reaction next week, see what happens. Not going to preview any of that. Um, but that's the news and notes out of the NFL this week. PGA Tour is in the middle of the FedEx Cup playoffs. And this season has been absolutely fucking bonkers with playoffs and a bunch of different guys winning tournaments. Been all over the place. I've I've had a tr- I've had trouble keeping last season from this season because they ran right into each other, yep. like keeping them separate. Um, so like I'm trying to remember like the the John Rom playoff with uh, DJ. Yeah, with DJ. Like that uh, was, was that last this, season. That was last. Like it's like shit like that. So I'm like I can't keep track. I can't keep track. Can't keep track, but it's been nuts. Like the last year and a half of golf has been absolutely insane. Um, it it culminated this weekend in the BMW Championship with Patrick Cantlay and Bryson DeChambeau squaring off in extra holes. Bryson had a had a decent lead, <clears throat> uh, looked like he was going to put it away. He uh, Patrick he shot Cantlay, like a sixty on Thursday. Yeah, he did, and <laughs> and he never really relinquished that lead, and and uh, he had a one stroke lead going into seventeen. Um, Cantlay put it in the water, uh, so it looked like this thing was over. Cantlay drained like a twenty two foot putt on eighteen for birdie, and Bryson missed another six footer like he did on Thursday, which would have given him a fifty nine, and so. This was interesting because this was one of the times that I've actually been active on our social media was during the extra holes in this because it was some of the most insane golf I've ever seen. Just back and forth, knockout punches left and right. Seemed like a guy was out of it. They made a ridiculous shot. It was all over the place. And um, I asked at one point, I think it was after the third playoff hole, who was going to win? And we got 29. We actually got decent. We yeah, got you some did, you decent did interaction. Thing. We got 27 votes. I think like 95 or so percent of them said Patrick Cantlay. Oh, um, damn. Because Bryson just missed so many short putts that he had a chance. Um, this It was back and forth all over the place. They went to like the four, fifth playoff hole. It was seven a par three. Bryson knocked it to like five feet, put all the pressure on. And then Patrick Cantlay came up and knocked it to three feet. It was just like, oh, this is insanity. Bryson ended up missing a relatively short putt to lose. And then he proceeded to have a full-blown hissy fit on the way back to the clubhouse. Uh, just fantastic stuff. Love that. Love, Love that for us. The PGA Tour Championships coming up this weekend. Got the top 30 guys in there. Coming in at number thirty is Patrick Reed, so we'll we'll see if he's actually playing. He was actually sick this week, so he had to pull out. We'll see what happens. Um, 
Uh, big names, a lot of fun golf this weekend. Probably won't be watching on Saturday because, you know, college, college football. football. But, but Sunday, tune into the golf because it's going to be awesome. Always is at the PGA Tour Championship. Um, Want to point out that after, after Bryson lost, when he was walking up to the clubhouse, a fan, like, ran up after him and said, some like nice try Brooksy, I think is what they said. Oh. And, and he went ab- like he basically turned around and looked like he was going to take a swing at the guy. Um, and that. now it has come out this week that the PGA tour is going to kick out any fans that call Bryson DeChambeau Brooksy. This is such bullshit. I'm so that makes me so mad because they're missing such a fucking golden opportunity here. Oh, of course they are. I was going to say earlier uh, when you were, when we were kind of going into initially in this PGA segment, I was like, golf needs to steer into like three guys. They, 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 they tried it. They're like, you know, they, they've tried their marketing campaigns of like, Ooh, these guys are good, which is <clears throat> like the best marketing campaign of all time. Uh, but like when, when was golf at its peak? When you had Tiger and Phil, yeah, and, and they they don't have that anymore. And and yes, Brooks and Bryson aren't on the same level golf wise as Tiger and Phil were at the time, or uh, dominance wise. But like, they need to market this. <clears throat> they need to tie. They need into to pair the them together. Stuff. Yeah. They need to. They need to get a rivalry going in golf. They need <clears throat> to get golf fans to pick a fucking side. And that way you have intrigue in your matches. You have these these things, which we don't have anymore. We don't have the Tiger Phil rivalry. We don't have that one star. You don't there's no golf superstar right now. I will say for me as a golf like I enjoy watching golf thoroughly. Um I enjoy what golf is right now, which is anybody can win any given weekend. Golf is the the, the field in golf is better than it's ever been. By a large By margin. By a large margin. They need to follow through with the marketing to get people intrigued by marketing like 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 what go with the the NBA model, right? Find your superstars, market the fuck out of them. Yep. And and that that's what you have to do. Otherwise it it's like the, like you said, this year and a half has been absolutely nuts. It's been some of the best golf you've ever seen. Yep. And, and, By far, and not a whole lot of people give a shit right now. And that's right, sad. and it is, but it's also it's still bigger than it's ever been dollar wise. Um, and you can thank Tiger for that, yes, and all this stuff. And was golf a more popular sport when Tiger was out there dominating every weekend? Yes, it was. Um, but um, you know, my I I think the flip side of that argument is. For people that are just getting into golf, which golf is going through a pretty good resurgence mm-hmm. right now yeah. as far as people playing the sport, um, uh, it's very good for them to turn on the TV and see all these guys doing well. However, you are right. If if you can't get one guy to be dominant like Tiger, which we may never see again in any no, sport. Honestly, especially with how the field is right now. Um, you definitely have to steer into the other storylines that present themselves, and they're not doing that. So we'll see what happens. The new PGA Tour Championship format, Patrick Cantlay 
comes into the tournament at minus 10. Tony Finau behind him at minus 8. Then Bryson at minus 6. Then like the next four guys are at minus 4. And the next six guys are at minus 2 or something like that. And then the rest are at even. Uh, Really intriguing format. I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Um, Presents a challenge for these golfers that they're not used to. He's got like Patrick Cantlay's never teed off on Thursday with a two-stroke lead. Really? How can you how can you tee off with a two-stroke lead? Oh, sorry. I sorry, I was Sunday. Yeah. You were thinking Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? You're not used <laughs> to starting a tournament with a two-stroke lead. Um, so it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens. A lot of fun with golf this weekend. But that does it for our crazy sports week. I believe. That was a weird fucking sports week, man. Weird week. Weird week. Anyways, um, so just just kind of on a side note uh, for our listener here, uh, this weekend is going to be a big college football weekend for us, and pretty much all the weekends going forward until college football is over. Um, we do have a Discord set up, and um, I, I don't know about Jamie. I don't know his plans, uh, but I will probably be chilling in our discord i'll post a link on our social media to our discord um and maybe i'll just put it in like one of our bios or something uh i'm still figuring that out uh but we'll have a little discord you guys can come chill out talk football with us or me at least um i'll be there for some of it for some of it on saturday yeah kids responsibilities i don't have any of that uh (laughs) so you can come hang out talk we can watch college football talk about it it'll be great good fun good fun for all of us Good fun. So I'll set that up. I'll set some links out going. So um, I think it's I think it's my week for a buzzer beater, bud. I think it's mine, but I'm happy to hand it off to you. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Listener, thank you for tuning in. We love you as always. If you want to like and share and tell your friends, that would be lovely. Um, we will maybe someday be better at posting on the social medias. I will post on Friday from Folsom Field because I'm going to a college football game. Oh, man, I'm so hyped. Enjoy college football this week. Watch some sports. Let us know what you want to hear next week. And then listen in if you want to hear Chris rip us apart for some of our takes this week. That's coming up also. Until then, Eli, take us away. My buzzer beater is... We're officially in the middle of fucking college football season, and it's hype season, baby! Deuces.
Everything kosher? Mm, it will be. What happened? Whoop some wholesale ass tomorrow. <laughs>